0: My fellow Americans, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. You're listening to Look It Up with John Tristan and Will Langston, a podcast that covers current news, hot topics, and modern mysteries of the world a weekly podcast that documents the phone conversations about the latest global talking points. Listen to two funky friends riffing on the freshest issues of the day. Tune in, turn on, and look it up. You said that you were interested in a wall, right? Or or some sort of a wall. But I'm going to guess you don't necessarily agree with the steel structure, the steel and concrete structure, that trump's proposing we put up is that correct
1: i wouldn't i don't have like a strong opinion i whatever is best and i don't know what's best um yeah i don't know i mean i'm not like i don't even know what profession you would say a security expert physical security expert in terms of what's best to just get the border under control if it's a steel wall then that's fine. If it's not, then that's fine. Whatever is but best. But you could agree
0: uh, that we need more. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. like ideally 100% control about who comes in and who goes out of the country. I think that's common sense.
0: Why do Why people do- have a problem with that? I don't I, understand. That's such a basic statement you just made. You want uh, you you said I would ideally like 100% control of the border, right? That's what you said. Yeah. So, Why do people have such a problem with that? Like, there's people that I talk to that are like, people need to come over here because people want to kill them in Mexico or people want a better life than they have in Mexico. But why can't we vet them? Like, why can't we just say, dude, we want you like Ellis Island. Like we want you, but we'd like to put your name down, you know, and make you a tax paying citizen. Like, why is that a bad idea? That really frustrates me. I, I, it seems logical to me that we should know who lives here. Like if I – if my, my family, the Langston family and the Tristan family has been paying taxes for the last 200 years or 100 years or whatever, why is it that someone else can just come over here and just not collect – or not pay taxes but collect an income under the table and we should just be like, oh, they, their country, they don't have as much, so let's just do that? That just seems crazy to me, right?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> – there's, um, Sorry, I get
0: really, I get animated about things that seem logical. I, I would, that's why I honestly love to have someone else on here that would argue against the wall, just right. so we could. But yeah, that's maybe for another time. Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, so I actually, let's see. You looking something up? <laughs> I got something. I got something here. So this is actually from, uh. The. uh, uh, Hold on, just give me they open the borders, open the borders. Okay, so I would say there's two theoretical reasons why people are opposed to increased border security um, security. One is absolutely true. One is conspiratorial and you can take it or leave it. The drugs. Uh uh, yeah, um, I wasn't even thinking of that one. So yeah, let's say like one is, um, humanitarian, one is very cynical and conspiratorial. So the humanitarian one is, um, and and then I guess you might want to add a third one that's ideological. So humanitarian is this idea that, that people are fleeing violence and, um, and so there's two things, violence and economic hardship, extreme economic hardship, which is true from Central American countries, not Mexico. Mexico has a has a, a relatively good economy. They do have violence, uh, especially I think in the northeast or northwestern region, um, but it's not like war torn. It's not mm-hmm. like Venezuela. Um, and people, even I've talked to uh, people who know people in Venezuela, and they say like, if you're not in like the capital city. You're fine. It's like most of Venezuela is still chill. It's kind of like how if you go to the Middle East, you can be like cool in a lot of places as long as you don't go to Aleppo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, so there's some legitimacy legitimacy to that, but the rationale is, is like people are dying. People believe that people are dying, I, I guess, in Mexico, and they need to get in the United States or they will die. And I honestly feel like a lot of those people just don't think it through because you could stay in Mexico and be safe. Uh, we could work out, and that's we've, Trump has worked out a lot of deals with saying like, "All right, you get to wait in Mexico." And I think,
0: John, are, just quickly, I think that yeah. that statement also undermines the progress that Mexico has made. It's like saying, "Oh, everyone just dies in Mexico." Like if I was if I was like a Mexican, I'd be like, "Dude, it's not like that." Like, yeah. why would you say that about my country? Like that just like I've, I've been to Mexico. I don't know you about you. I've been in Mexico. I stayed in Mexico City. Um, I was there uh, on an art trip. I went to draw some some people, um, whatever. It was it was a high school experience. It was great. And I had a great time. Now, there were these these people standing on corners called Turista Policia, which were tourist police with machine guns standing at, at, at a lot of the corners. So I did feel like that was a little crazy. <laughs> that was a little yeah. excessive. And I didn't travel too far out of, you know, downtown Mexico City where there was like Nike stores and Adidas stores. So but I don't I got I got a certain view of it and I don't know if that is what the rest of Mexico is like. But don't you think by people saying you can get murdered in Mexico and doesn't that seem kind of like I don't want to say racist, but it just seems like you're you're taking away all the progress Mexico's made because I I know people get murdered there, but people also get murdered in New York City.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just narrow minded. It's just myopic. Um, Yeah. 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 So but anyway, I kind of want to try and give these people as strong a case as I can. I kind of have the most sympathy for the people who are like they're just looking for a better life. And I'm like, all right, I guess you really believe that. And you're just really not thinking through. But anyway, so a lot of people say people just want a better life. Let's just let them in and we can take it. You know, we can deal with whatever problems come with it. So that's one motivation for people saying no more border security. We can deal with it. You know, we it's better to err on the side of being humanitarian than on the side of being paranoid. Um, so that's one thing. The conspiratorial side is. And I think there's a good amount of legitimacy to this, is that people who come across the border, especially if they're looking for social welfare programs, what party are they going to vote for? They're going to vote for Democrats, like 100% of the time. Yep. yep. And there's there's an eye-opening statistic um, that – let's look for it. Uh, I don't want to take the time. I can try and find it later, exactly who it is from. I wanna say it was on Huffing whatever wherever it was, I think it was on Real Clear Politics posted that nine out of ten non white ethnic minorities or racial minorities vote for Democrats. Nine out of ten in the United States.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and that that is a very powerful statistic.
1: Yeah. Definitely. And again, so if they're coming from Central America and In South America, and they're going to be looking for social programs. They are going to vote for Democrats 10 out of 10 times, you know? So the conspiracy is that the Democrats don't, they're fighting border control because they want these people in and they want them to vote. And if you look in California, they're trying to get them to vote. Like they're starting with like school councils, school boards. And actually I think according to Pew research poll, A majority of Democrats polled want, and it's a slight majority, it's like 54%, but they want illegal immigrants to have the right to vote. And it's for a sympathetic thing as far as like, they're in our country, they're guests here, we want them, you know, they should be allowed to have some say in how they're governed. And so that's props up the conspiracy theory that the Democrats want them in so that they can have more voters. And the last one, I know these are all juicy things to take apart, but the last one I, is ideological. That there's just this idea that borders—you'll hear, you know—talk to any college person, talk to any super lefty, and they'll say that it's just an, emerge, America, an imaginary line in the sand. You know, why is it that on this one side of the border I'm in America? Let's just, let's just get rid of it all, and we can just go anywhere. So, okay. so,
0: so, so uh, okay, yeah, l- well. L- Hold on to that really quick. I just wanna, I just wanna say, I actually, you and I have a mutual friend who uh, adamantly believes that, uh, Matthew, and and he thinks that, and this isn't calling him out. This is just his idea. Uh, I just tend, I just don't agree with it. But he thinks that we should become, I don't know the term for it. I think globalism, One world or
1: government. global world order. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He thinks that countries are an idea and they're not. Um, you know they're not like a thing that we should honor and he thinks that ultimately the idea is that we should all erase all states all provinces all countries and just become one thing um and he said it you know it, it would just make our cultures blend completely um but i just i just want to put this out there that i actually do and you know people that actually really believe this this isn't like you know this isn't like fake news like people do think that we should just eliminate
1: all borders yeah yeah, for sure. Um, people do. I've met personally many people who believe this, and it's not hard to find this online. So I did some research on the caravan, the history of the migrant caravans, and they were actually organized. These are not grassroots movements of people just sort of spontaneously bonding together. There's actually a an organization called... Pueblos sin fronteras, which means um, the, the city or the village without borders, and um, they define them. Well,
0: themself- we should so we should explain what caravans are because okay, sure. In so, in in preparation for this, I mentioned to a few people we were going to do a podcast on caravans, and believe it or not, there's some 22, 23 year old people that have no idea what that
1: is. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure. So in 2017, uh, was the first organized migrant caravan. It was about 200 people, according to the best. Th- this was according to a Mother Jones article, um, Asylum Seekers Caravan, Mexico-American Border. I don't know what the title is. I'll pull it up in a second. Yeah. All right. The title is. Uh, 200 refugees are crossing Mexico to escape violence and to confront Trump. So uh, anyway, the number was just 200. I'm not sure if that – it's hard to find information on this first caravan because it was kind of so small. Um, and but again, this it was, was the first,
0: I guess, official caravan or like maybe the first big one.
1: Organized by the organization called Pueblo Sin Fronteras. Um, the second caravan got a lot more publicity. That was in 2018, um, and that caravan was approximately 5,000 people. This is according wow. to an AP article titled "Migrant Caravan Demands Transport as Second Group Enters Mexico." Um, and this one got a lot more publicity because it was it came interesting enough. It they arrived almost just like a week or two before the 2018 United States Senate midterms and not Senate and the house uh, midterms when all the new uh, house of representatives officials and Senate officials get voted in. So anyway, 5,000 people um, just spontaneously, not spontaneously in an organized effort arriving at the border, demanding entry. Um, there is now, let's see, The 2019 caravan, I actually haven't seen this in the news for a while. Um, There are 10,000 Cuban, Haitian and African uh, migrants, 10,000 heading towards the border. This is according to the Washington Examiner article entitled Mother of All Caravan Heads North. 10,000 migrants due in Mexico City any day. That was in April 23rd, so I don't know. That was a f- almost a month ago now. I don't know what's happened with that. Um, Pope Francis sent 500,000 to Catholics to provide support for them. That made it in the in the news as well. Um, Mexico sent police and detained hundreds of them. So Mexico is actually cracked down on these caravans. There's actually really interesting videos of the citizens of Tijuana um, protesting vehemently the fact that they have thousands of migrants from other Central American countries um, storming into their town because they wait there while they're trying to get in the United States. And there's interesting videos of them saying, like, Trump was right. We need to we need to shut this down. Um, So there's that's a really interesting Thing to so think about, think I should I should
0: say because you mentioned that right before that election, was it, the midterm election that uh-huh. happened, right? Uh, one of the bigger ones. And I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but I remember around that time people saying that these people might be paid. Um, so that I remember Trump came out with a speech and said, "Do you see what's happening at the border with the caravans? You better vote Republican." I think those were his exact words. Like you better oh, for vote sure. Republican. Now, I don't I don't know what your thoughts are on that, uh, on the conspiracy stuff, but I think it was just the timing of it just happened to coincide myself. Um, But, yeah, yeah, that's just it's just I, I guess I'll say it's strange. It's a strange coincidence.
1: Yeah, and the 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 person he's referring to, like kind of not so subtly, is is George Soros. If you've ever heard of him, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really want to get into Soros because honestly, no. I don't know enough about him. But allegedly, he helps finance these caravans. Um, he definitely. I would say it's almost certain. I don't have anything in front of me, otherwise, I'd say a hundred percent. But like ninety percent, he finances. Um a lot of liberal leftist policies in the United States in general. So anyway, there's like a quote from this organization Puevos Sin Fronteras that I really wanted to get to. All that set up was for this quote. Uh-huh. Um, it was from a, let's see this title of this document. Uh, Refugee caravan 2018. Via crucis migrantes in La Lucha press release for immediate release. To the governments of Central America, Mexico, and the United States of America, we are a group of people from different nations, yada, yada, yada. We seek to be one collective, supporting each other shoulder to shoulder, yada, yada, yada. Here's the line that just stood out to me like insane. We demand of Mexico and the United States respect our rights as refugees, that they open their borders to us. That uh, We demand dignity and just and justice, no more abuses, stuff and things like that. We demand that they open the borders to us because we are as much citizens as the people of the countries where we are and or travel. Again. What? Yeah. Where we,
0: do they come up with that fact?
1: we are as much citizens as the people of the countries where we are and or travel. So by their logic, will you are as much a Thai citizen of Thailand as anyone (laughs) else in Thailand. And, you know, living in Thailand, that that is not how you're treated, but this is an ideology. This is the ideology of open borders that we should. It's not only that we should like our our dear friend Matthew says, we should just have a one world government, but we should act like we already do. And this this is the organization that organizes the migrant caravans. This is sort of the politics of power, as they say. It's just sort of like people respond. And this is true. People respond to you. If you take this alpha position, just sort of I'm going to do what I'm going to act as if my reality is the correct reality. Um, so like I said, there's three motivations for, um, Uh,
0: let me just say this. I just looked up, uh, citizenship and it said, citizenship is the status of a person recognized under the custom or law as being a legal member of a sovereign state or belonging to a nation. So that means you'd be recognized by the custom or law. Um, Mm -hmm and none of these people are considered legally by our our federal law a citizen and yet they demand that they are no. um, so what the hell man <laughs> what are they talking about
1: yeah uh, i mean i would say <laughs> like playing devil <laughs> playing devil's advocate for these people i would i would say that they're saying there's a moral law that um that human beings just naturally have a right to be wherever they want to be. And I can easily imagine, like I said, when I first heard of this, I thought, yeah, I mean, why shouldn't I be able to just fly around the world and get off a plane? Why do I need a passport? You know? Yeah. It's yeah. a very anarchistic point of view.
0: Well, when you're younger, it's when you, when you don't understand the complexities of the world, it's a lot easier to, to believe things like that. Yeah, uh, or to think things that think that that's okay like oh man why can't we all just get along
1: you know? yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah for sure um
0: i think and, and again I, I should just say this quickly like i i think we we all can get along but i don't necessarily think we can we should open up the borders to people um and I, what was the name of that group again um I i don't know where the hell they're they're getting their information <laughs> from or or their thoughts from anyway
1: for sure uh,
0: but, okay, uh, so that was – did you say 2019? Because I lost all – like the, the whole caravan thing has kind of been off my radar for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you and I brought it up as a talking point, point, but um, and it's, it's super interesting. But are caravans still a thing? That's a good question too. Are, are people still showing up at the border um, regularly? I don't know. I don't know if they if they still are. I haven't seen anything in the news recently, um, which makes me really want to consider and dig deep into that whole conspiracy about the midterms and possibly George Soros. But um, something interesting just quickly. um, I didn't know this, but I'm reading this on BBC and it says there is a legal obligation to hear asylum claims from migrants who have arrived in the US if they say they're in fear of violence in their home country. So if you are not from America and you say, yo, uh, there's some crazy shit happening in my country, we legally have to hear their claim, um, which I didn't know. And it said if they enter the US illegally, immigrants are still entitled to, to a hearing of their claim. So if immigrants just go over our border, um, slip through one of our, our nets, And we arrest them. Um, They are still entitled to to claim anyway. And I don't know where the proof would come that they're, you know, in danger for their lives. But that seems kind of like a loophole. Like if you could just get over the border and make that claim successfully, you could possibly become a citizen. Um, And I don't know if that was the idea behind the the caravans. But uh, like you said, they went to places that there's people like they could have went these caravans could have went in the thick of the night in the shadiest area of the border but they didn't didn't they go to like pretty publicized areas of the of the border
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. they did i mean it was very very publicized there was tons of media there um another important thing sorry can i sort of change yeah
0: yeah yeah the yeah
1: topic slightly so another important thing about these caravans is like, who's in the caravans? So kind of back to that question of, um, you know, are these people, A, refugees? Yep. B, are they economic migrants? And C, are they criminals? So, and actually quickly before I jump to that, um, the whole one just quick thing I'm not sure about is that I have heard that it's, if you are a refugee, say, coming from Honduras to the United States. Yep you're obligated to seek refuge in the first country that offers it to you so um mexico there was mexico actually offered uh asylum to uh many of these refugees who were in the 2018 caravan and they refused um they said we <laughs> specifically want to go to america it's like that's not good enough that's <laughs> We don't exactly. want that kind of nope, asylum. Want we
0: want Mexico. American asylum.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so I don't like. I know that I'm almost. I'm pretty positive that that's true. That they refused asylum. Um, as far as the law about you have to take asylum the first place you go, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's true. I've heard it, so don't quote me on that. But okay. um, if anyone's interested, look it up. So anyhow, I was had just mentioned who is actually in the caravans. Are they refugees? Are they economic migrants, meaning people who just want a job? So I looked this up. I got some uh statistics on this from DHS.gov. So this is the government, United States government report. So in the twenty eighteen caravan there was more than two hundred and seventy criminals that they found, including a known gang membership. This includes a number of violent criminals Including aggravated assault, deadly uh, assault with a deadly weapon, armed robbery, a sexual assault on a child, assault on a female. Uh, Mexican officials have also publicly stated that criminal groups have infiltrated the caravan. So, out of uh, 5,000 people, they found 270 that were criminals. Um, so obviously not a majority, but 270 criminals is 270 criminals there's a reason to be worried about that um also interesting to note not all of them are from central america or from southern uh central america or southern america they also found immigrants from somalia india haiti afghanistan and bangladesh really
0: i thought it was just honduras guatemala el salvador i did not know that
1: yeah, well, think about it. I mean, everyone wants to get into America. I mean, you know, anyone – there's a lot of people. Let's put it that way. And so, you know, if you can't just fly in a plane and go through customs with without a passport, but the southern border is so easy to get into, um, just, just you know, get into South America and get into Central America and cross the border. And, but let's
0: uh, not – let's not like um... – I don't know, let's not forget, or I don't know how to say it, but there are definitely people that are running for a good a good cause. I mean, we, we we're talking about the people that you know that are possible criminals and people that just want to get all of the advantages that Americans have. But there definitely are people that that should be here, or, or I shouldn't say should, I said that should have the opportunity to hear their case be spoken. Uh, and I think that's that's definitely important. Um, and, yeah. and I think it's okay that people come here if they if their countries are persecuting them in some way, or or they're you know running from crime, or there's you know headhunters out for them from from a powerful gang, or or the like. But um, I think that people should come to America. I'm fine with that. I think our country was built on immigration. I think any history class would tell you that immigration was the backbone of of America. Um, you're a history teacher, right? I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that. But I think that you have to go the right way. And and, and I think going through a channel or a proper, um, I, I I hate to use the word vetting because it seems like there's a negative connotation with it, but you know, some sort of process that gets people legalized, um, learn how to speak English. That would be, that would be great. You know, um, maybe we should, I, somebody told me that in, in there, there's another country, I don't remember the name, but you have to learn how to speak their language within two years or else they won't accept you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, like we. there should be a clear standard for people coming into America. And I don't think, uh, like asking that is too much. These caravans that come that I think a lot of it was political and I think a lot of it was to get the media's attention and to show that there are problems going on, but people like you were saying people from India were in those caravans. That's capitalizing on on other people's problems if you ask me. Yeah. Like
1: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and it hurts, you know, it hurts the people that we would really like to help, you know, if there's yeah. people in from india let's just you know say like worst case scenario we have some like terrorists from pakistan uh trying to sneak in through the southern border well then that's going to be a good reason let's say just hypothetically let's say a terrorist sneaks in from wherever and they pull off another 9-11 they bomb a building 2,000 people die then do i mean you remember what it was like. And this is the whole or my nine eleven thing, but it's just real. Mm-hmm. You know, we gave up the Fourth Amendment. We gave up the right to privacy. You know, America. Ch- America changed. It's all corny to say, but it's all real, you know, after that day. You know? What about another? You know, what's gonna happen? I in my in my mind it's game over if we have another terrorist event in that and not just for people trying to come into the country, for people inside the country. It's game oh, over. God. It's like facial, facial recognition technology. We're all going to be chipped. We're all going to be, you know, it's just we're going to give up all of our rights, and, and that's it. So um, that's another reason why I, people don't actually often mention why that's border security is so important for that reason. Um, but you were saying, I was just about to get to who's actually in this caravan. I was just mm-hmm. about to get to that. Um, let's see. MSNBC, of all of all. Because they're actually people call CNN fake news. MSNBC is like actually worse in a lot of ways. Anyhow, they sent a reporter down to check out the 2018 caravan, and you know you can't. Again, the problem with figuring out who's in these caravans is you have to sit these people down, and you know maybe they don't have identification, so you have to try and figure out who they are, figure out are they really refugees or are they economic migrants. So we're never really gonna know what the exact composition of these caravans are. But um, the guy, the reporter that they sent down um, was estimating that he saw 50% single adults. Um, So when you hear the media, which is liberal, I will go out on a limb and say that uh, 90% of the media out there is liberal media. They're saying they're sending a reporter down saying, look, I'm seeing 50 percent of single adults Well, 90 percent of the time when they talk about the caravans. They say mothers and children. Oh, it's all these mothers and children that are in these caravans just trying to get into the country. That's who Donald Trump and who the Republicans and the conservatives are afraid of. Well, there's kind of an explanation for it. This is the Guatemalan intel minister. This is not an American minister. It's a guy from Guatemala, from the country they're fleeing from, Mm -hmm. saying that the caravan, or actually fleeing through, uh, saying that the caravan actually, they push women and children to the front so that they're the ones that are seen on the camera.
0: Right,
1: right. Yeah, on this video that you can see from MSNBC, you see that there's um, just roughly 50% uh, grown, like single adults, and a lot of them are grown men. Men in their 30s, and their 40s, they're not little kids. Um, but like you said, we have, do have to keep in mind that 50% of them are um, are are you know or uh, whatever legitimate it is. Yeah, they're yeah. legitimate. They want help, and as a compassionate nation, we should want to try to help them, and we should try to help them. But you know, it's getting closer and closer. You know, this is this this hasn't been going on for. Two years or four years. This has been going on since uh, 1967 or whatever. What is the Immigration Act? Well,
0: um, I I, so I see two sides of that with you talking about pushing females and children to the front. Um, I can see that if they're trying to get a political point across or a humanitarian point across that there is a problem, putting a face of children and females is a pretty powerful message. And I can mm-hmm. kind of see that working to their benefit. Um, but at the same time, if they're doing it for, for uh, you know, reasons that are full of malice or they're just trying to do it to, to get into our country to use our, our resources and the benefits of becoming an American citizen, I think that's like the worst thing possible. But mm-hmm. it's hard for you and I as, you know, just like two normal citizens to know exactly what – that's why oh. – for me, these caravans, I'm kind of split on, and I, and, and I mean, um, am I am I for them or against them? I think protest is wonderful, and I think it's a powerful way of, of getting people to see what you feel. You know, I think masses amounts of people speak volumes, and I think these caravans can have a lot of purpose behind them, but I don't know if it's people doing it to get in just to get in, or if they're doing it because they really have like a price on their head. Or, you know, they can't find work or something. Um, so I don't know. I'm like in the middle. I I It's like I feel what you're saying about them pushing these people to the front. Um, and I can hear what you're saying, but I don't know what their their whole purpose is, really. Um,
1: yeah. I just, So, yeah, I mean, I just sent you. Yeah, I mean, it is tough. You know, like I said, you want to be compassionate. I want to be compassionate, but. You know, sort of the flip side to that is like America's only going to be worth a place living in as long as we can maintain order and peace and stability. And the more and more tens of millions of unregistered humans we have in the country is going to mean less order, quite possibly less peace, and quite possibly less stability. Um, so I just sent you a link. To a or I just sent you a picture of number and percent of immigrants in the United States from 1900 to to 2014 um, plus census Bureau projections to 2060. So it goes up using actual data um, from what we actually have in history and then projects estimates into the future up to 2060 and I'm still trying, this is my first time looking at this graph, I'm trying to decipher it as I'm looking at it, um, but I found this graph as I was looking at, looking, trying to look up information on uh, something called the Heart seller Act. Um, this was an act that was put into law in 1965. You'll hear it a lot when you hear about Immigration Act, and off of history.com it says the Immigration Immigration and Naturalization Act of 1965 abolished an earlier quota system based on national origin and established a new immigration policy based on reuniting immigrant families and attracting skilled labor to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so, long story short, I'm not going to go over this whole article right now, but. This opened the doors. Anyway, you can see from the bar graph that I sent you, it's obvious that the number of immigrants in the United States starting really in 1980 just skyrocketed. We're seeing 9.6 million, 14.1 in 1980, 19.8. Immigrants
0: in general or from Mexico?
1: This is immigrants in general, I believe. Okay. Um, i i almost like want to say so in it says in 2014 42.4 million there's 42.4 million oh i understand it now so in 1970 5.4 percent of the united states were immigrants in 2014 13.3 of the total population of the united states are immigrants So in the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years, it's tripled. Uh, It's more than tripled the number of immigrants in the United States, the percentage of total people. In 2060, it'll be almost 20%. One in every five people will be an immigrant in the United States. So, I know I'm sounding like a right-wing <laughs> conspiracy nut and I'm sounding kind of like a racist now, but the the point is this first of all, this act, the the Hart-Celler Act of 1965 made it way easier for immigrants to enter the United States and become citizens. The other so point I'm trying to make So, why aren't
0: they doing it legally? Why?
1: Well, this why? is, this is legally, this graph is I'll,
0: legally. but my, yeah, 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 no, no. But oh, why you. are I other
1: people you. doing it legally?
0: Yeah. Like why are we having so many illegal immigration problems? If this act that you're talking about made it easier for people to, to come over, like why, why is our process that difficult? I don't know enough about the yeah. the, the process yes. to get into America, but why don't they just come over legally? I don't get that.
1: It is far more difficult. I mean, it, it actually I wouldn't say for sure it's it's more difficult 100% of the time. In fact, 80% of women are raped on the way over the border. Um you can look that up. There's uh-huh. a there's a I think a book came out recently called We Paid with Our Bodies, We Paid with Our Bodies. Um but it's faster. Uh it takes I think it probably takes an average of four or five years to get into the United States. So, I mean, can you imagine, you know, I don't think you even get to come inside the United States full time and be a citizen. I don't know the whole process, honestly, but it's just easier. You know, if you can just walk across the border, especially if you're a man, especially if, you know, you are live like close enough where you can just literally walk and try and get to the closest town. I mean, Just think about it. You know, if you're if you really don't have any job, if you really have no opportunity where you live and you think I can like you just hear you just hear. And Mexico, you can find that this is what Trump was really talking about when he said they're not sending their best. They actually facilitate um, people. They used to. I'm not sure if they do anymore, but they facilitate people crossing the border illegally. They used to. The government would print out instructions safety manuals and things like that about how to do it so you got all this help you got all these people who are going to try to help you along the way you know there's just too many incentives and not enough whatever the opposite of incentives are punishments or consequences
0: so okay i'm i'm with you i just looked this up while you while you were talking and so the first step is you have to determine if you're eligible so um you have to be at least 18. You got to be of good moral character, which I don't know how they decide that. Um,
1: if you're Christian, you got to be able. What's that? If you're Christian or not. Right,
0: <laughs> right. Um, Jews only apply. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: it says you got to be able to read, write, and speak basic English. So that might stop some people. Um, demonstrate an understanding of the principles and ideals of U.S. Constitution. Have a basic understanding of US history and government. And the last thing is take an oath of allegiance to the United States. So I think the hardest part for that is um, read, write, and speak basic English. I don't think a lot of people can do that from Mexico. Mm. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we, you. you and I as American citizens, I mean, I, I was offered in public school the choice between German, French, and um, uh, Spanish. Um, And then in college, you know, and we've had college. We both have college educations. I don't know a lot of people that do in Mexico. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's application fees. So I'm reading step number two. You have to apply for naturalization. It's seven hundred and twenty five dollars just for the application. And like you said, it takes up to 14 months or sorry, it takes 14 months to up to 10 years. So it's almost a decade, a decade um, for this uh, naturalization. To possibly occur. So it could be money. Uh, so reasons for people not applying could be money. Um, also, their lack of English um, skills. And um, yeah, there's something called a biometric test. Um, you got to be fingerprinted, photograph, um, background checked um, from the FBI. That's the third. And then you have an interview by a USCIS officer. And then the last step is to take a civics in English test and a U.S. CIS officer will test the applicant to read, write and speak English. Um, so like you said, oh, you got to take your oath as well um, to the U.S. But like you said, uh, incentive, is that what you're that you were saying a second ago is like there's not enough reason to do all that when you could just swim over. What is it? The Rio Grande? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Just
1: simplicity, I guess. Yeah, I mean, neither way is easy. It's almost kind of like, you know, in Japan, where they have uh, this this crazy law that, like, if you like commit grand theft auto or something like that, it's like you can spend three five years in prison, or you can, or you can have a, a like a, a sumo wrestler spank you with a kendo stick like a few <laughs> times. <laughs> oh my god. They have like I know that cuz of a cuz of a jackass and one of the dudes on that like got spanked with a kendo stick. I've heard that before but um there was
0: one judge I think in like Texas who raped a girl and he could either have like 10 years in prison or life in prison or be castrated. Um
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah.
0: Um, but you're like, right. Either one I don't think is is good. I listened to a podcast about the the distance between Mexico and America and that border. It's like really hot and arid and dry, and if you go out there you can find like skeletons of people oh, yeah. and it's pretty pretty wild, but uh damn, I just looked that up. Um pun intended, and uh I didn't know that. I think it takes a long fucking time to become a US citizen. I yeah. didn't, I didn't know it costs almost a $1000. Yeah.
1: Um That's crazy. Um, So, interesting though, as far as the cost goes. So I was looking up. I've looked this up before. I've got two different answers on how much it costs to cross the border um, illegally. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. All right. So this this first, I've got an answer from uh, Quora. You know Quora.com. Yeah,
0: Quora. Sure, sure.
1: Right, and this fortunately isn't a random person. This is Eric Hill. SMU economics PhD student. Oh, so whatever. He's kind of a random person. But um, at least he's got some links here. Yeah, he links to the New York Times, which was the second source I found. Mexicans who enter, and it should be Central Americans because it's just not not only Mexicans. Mexicans who enter the United States illegally by crossing the southern border pay coyote fees. Coyotes, or coyotes, by coyote, the way, that yeah. they call human smugglers of about three thousand to four thousand dollars so it's actually more expensive to cross the border illegally than it is to cross legal. that's
0: so fascinating yeah that's really fascinating so the real only drawback of doing it legally is it's time
1: the, yeah it's the time and the effort it's the, well, yeah not effort i mean it's that kind of you know, castration or 10 years in prison kind of thing. But the money, it's definitely uh, faster. That's the one thing you can say for sure is like, you know, you have like a year of hell or whatever, and then you're in. So.
0: Whoa, so, okay. But, all right, then let me ask you, do you think, well, okay, I I mentioned this earlier. There's a country that only allows people in if you can speak, not only, but one of their – uh, stipulations is that you speak their language I think it's Sweden or Switzerland I can't remember but anyway we have that I didn't even know that so speaking our language that's good taking an oath I think that's good as well um, I think um, the money I mean it does cost people to process you so you should definitely pay money an FBI background check that's probably important so I don't really disagree with any of the legal ways of getting in except for the time I mean, maybe if there was a way we could reduce the time more. Um, but that leaves potential for, you know, missing things. You know, if we're trying to speed people through this border, like Disney World, you know, you might not notice that there's, like, a terrorist within them.
1: Um, yeah. And I don't – let me jump in real quick because there's some things I want to note before we get – like, we've already gotten far away from them. but. um uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know why the time takes so long. Um I think, you know, every politician talks about immigration reform as in just very generally our immigration system is messed up and needs to be fixed. And probably yeah. a large part of that is the time. Like it shouldn't take people 10 years to get fully processed. We can de- we I almost positive without knowing anything. <laughs> But we should be able to do a better job of that. And let's just say, you know, if anything, more employees. We need more employees just working to to, to speed this thing up. And probably uh, we need to streamline the, the bureaucratic process, which probably means making it smaller. Um, but anyhow, I wanted to go back real quick and talk about um, – just mention that when I was saying – so you were – what was the, all right? So, whatever, this is kind of a non sequitur, but I was saying that you know, we're projected right now 13 out of 100 Americans is an immigrant um in the future, projected, and by 2060, 18, 19 out of 100 Americans will be an immigrant. So, is it racist to say that's concerning? I wouldn't say it's racist. I would say it's nationalistic. If you value America as it is and has been in the past, then you would be concerned that the number of people who are moving here from other countries are immigrants. So, granted, you know, of course, a certain number of those people are going to be like Heck yeah, America! Fourth of July, hot dogs, and baseball. I'm I'm all in. I want to be an American for sure. But you also have to accept that a certain number of those people that we don't know are going to be like, I actually kind of prefer th- the way things were back in Pakistan, or that they were in <laughs> China, or that they yeah. were in, and it'd be great if I could live here in America and and have my culture take over. Um. So I'm just sort of – and I'm not even saying that that's, like, what I'm concerned about. I'm understanding both sides of the picture. And, again, when you come to, like – and here I'm going to circle around to, like, the worst, most dangerous topic that we've discussed here today, discussed today is, white, is, like, white nationalism. That's a big mm-hmm. part of, like, what drives white nationalism is the fear that, you know, um, we're just not going to have our culture anymore. Um, whites are going to be a minority – by most people's projections by like 2040, 2050, most people in America will not be white or they'll be like less than 50 percent. Um, and, you know, I like a year ago, even just like a year ago, I would have been like, so what? Who cares? Like skin color doesn't matter. But one argument that at least in a logical way rings true to me well, two there's two arguments that kind of ring true to me as far as, like, I understand, not that I'm a white nationalist, but I understand their concern. Mm-hmm. It's like, first of all, as a history teacher, having gone through higher education history courses, it's all about how evil white people are now. It's like white people killed the Native Americans, and then white people had all these slaves, and then white people were Nazis, and then white people... Had Jim Crow and now white people have Donald Trump and imagine being in a history class in 2050 and half of the class is not white and half of the class is white and then 10 years later 40 percent of the class is white and then 30 percent of the class is white and eventually it's going to be like well it's your guys turn it's your turn you know our history teachers are telling us. You've been the worst race for a long time now when we're finally outnumbering you. That, I'm, um, you know, I got to keep saying, this isn't what I believe. This is what white nationalists believe. And I'm just saying I understand where they're coming from. And I also, this is even more compelling to me, is like, think about Thailand or think about China. What if all of a sudden enough white people immigrated to Thailand that 10 20 30 percent of thailand was white and started changing they weren't adapting to thai culture they were like we're not buddhists we're secularists i mean you see it in chiang mai you see the like white couples uh who come up to chiang mai from the south and they're wearing like like you know just shirtless dudes and flip flops and tiny little shorts and then girls in bikinis um walking on top of these sacred walls like posing like sitting in buddha's lap or whatever and they get arrested i saw
0: i saw a girl in a uh, literally a bikini you know like a string bikini sunbathing uh in in the old city in the park right next to this buddhist i don't even know it's like a buddhist monument and mm-hmm. it, it was just like and you could tell that people in thailand were like culturally like what it, yeah. we went we went to um there's a park here called Tube Trek. It's just like a water park, and we went with all the teachers. And everyone, including myself, wore a t-shirt and shorts, including the girls. But there was one foreign girl. There was one foreigner girl from from America, uh, I think from Florida. And she wore a full-on bikini. It was like a semi-thong bikini too, so like her whole butt was showing. And right. the whole time we were there, everyone, including us, who you know were trying to appropriate appropriately, um, were like what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're not in their culture. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. You just mentioned that. And I just thought of that. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this is very, very true that that, that that happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and so it's just, it's just kind of like Thailand is an ethno state. Thailand is a nation for Thais. There's Thai nationalism. China is a Chinese nationalist state. China is actually kind of different because they have like 50 ethnic minorities. But Israel, ethno state, um, Korea, ethno state, Japan, ethno state. Everyone gets to have their specifically racial identity and their nation. And you know, white nationalists say, why why can't we? Why why can't why aren't we allowed? To have our state now, I don't think America, like historically speaking, you know, back in like, (laughs) you know, honestly, I don't think there's ever a time when you could like really fully say America officially white, like with 100% justification, like, sorry, slavery, African chattel slavery was real. And there's some addendums that people really overlook, like the fact like there were a significant number, a significant enough number of black people who Owned slaves in America. There's a significant number of white people. Who were slaves in America. There were uh, black uh, people. Who in Africa. Who sold slaves to white people. So there's some asterisks. That are worth noting. But by and large. Like. White ownership of black people. In America was a nightmare. Like it was a gigantic nightmare. Enough to where you could say there's a huge problem here and you know and then there was the civil war and that i think people are too quickly to brush over the fact that white people ended black slavery in america granted so whatever going down a huge rabbit hole here my my main point is that white nationalists sorry America's not a white nation it just can't be it's never going to be. Europe should have white nations. I'm I would say for, you know, keep British white, keep Britain white, keep trans white, keep Germany white. Like that's where white people are from. And you're seeing right wing movements pop up in these nations because of the immigration crisis that they're having there um, from from. Uh, not just the middle east but from africa um you remember four five six seven years ago during the Syri- syrian middle war millions millions of immigrants from the middle east and from africa and that was their problem there too sort of like how we have central american caravans coming up to america uh through central through mexico you know they would say oh syria is having a civil war right now Uh, We need to open our arms. Ho, 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 hold on a second. Um, It seems like 10, 20, 30 percent of these people are pretty obviously black. Where are these African immigrants coming from? I thought we were helping out Syrians. So it's kind of like open your doors. And if you're not really monitoring things, then everyone just takes advantage of the situation. So
0: I was recently in Koh Samui uh, Island in the south of, of Thailand, and I met a couple from Sweden. Um, and this is, this is to your point that it's in other countries. Um, and they actually started crying in front of me and my friend, because I was asking them about immigration. And they have these things called no-go zones, where they, they are actually a lot of people coming from the Middle East to get, um, you know, they're capitalizing on Sweden's health care and benefits and everything. But it's a big problem, John. It's not just America. I think immigration is happening everywhere um, in a lot of other countries.
1: Yeah. I have to pee so bad, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, go pee. Uh,
1: Something something interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, today is the 19th of May, 2019, and the Golden State Warriors just beat the uh, who did they just beat I was just watching the game um, in the semifinals um, they just beat the I think it's Portland yeah Portland Trailblazers 110 to 99 so they're three nothing in the series um, and they're going all the way baby uh, I wasn't initially A Golden State fan, I got to be honest, kind of a bandwagon fan, kind of like the 90s Bulls, but they're just such a fun team to watch. Um, So, yeah, this is sort of a segue from immigration and all that stuff, but sometimes it's good to get your mind off of that for a second, Uh, especially while John's peeing. So, uh, yeah, Golden State Warriors. It looks like Steph Curry had a good game. Kevin Durant's been out for I think this whole series. Let's see if he can uh, can get back in for the finals. Um, okay, so that is a sidebar. So back to uh, immigration and and the wall. So here is a great question: How much is the wall going to cost? So from the information that I've pulled up. Um, it says that it's gonna cost approximately between $7 billion and $80 billion. So there's actually separate statistics um, that I've seen showing where they're getting their data from, but the average they're saying is probably gonna be around $50 billion. Um, So that's quite a bit of money. I don't know exactly where they're hoping to get that money from. Um, One of the big questions that I have is Trump always says, Mexico is going to pay for the wall, right? Um, Well, I would love to know how Mexico is going to pay for the wall. I've heard through a few other uh, sources that Mexico is going to pay through the wall through a a series and um, a few reforms through tariffs. Uh, taxing Mexico to possibly pay for the wall is is possibly part of the plan, but I just don't see how they're going to flat outright pay for the wall. I don't. I just don't see that happening. Um, I think you know anywhere between seven and eighty billion dollars for this wall to be built is a ton of money, and I don't think the American public is really prepared to pay for that right now. Um, and I don't think Mexico is going to pay for it. I just don't see that happening. I think that's uh, that might have been something Trump said, actually, to get elected It's like, you know, Mexico is going to pay for this wall. And everyone's like, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, it's like Mexico's problem. So they're going to pay for it. But now that we're here in 2019, coming up on an election year, uh, I don't know if I see it happening. I haven't seen anything confirmed that Mexico is going to pay for this super expensive wall. Um, I'm back. Yo, John. Yeah, I was just talking about the wall. Um, Actually, I started talking about Golden State Warriors for a minute, but um, segue to the cost of the wall. One of the talking points that I had on here um, was how much it's going to cost the American people. And I say American people because Trump says Mexico is going to pay for it. But that seems impossible. That seems like a joke to me. Um, I think he said that to try to get people excited about building the wall.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I heard part of what you're saying about that um
0: and then like, also yeah. i I'm, I'm finding conflicting numbers like i've seen is i th- I've seen numbers to build the wall as low as five billion, and Trump's talked about um taxing Mexico for that like punishing them through tariffs and trade embargoes and all this but then the other thing is I've seen th- numbers as high as eighty billion dollars. So I don't know what the you know I don't know how much exactly the wall is going to cost. I don't I haven't seen like an exact number for that, which I think the American people should know. I think if you're going to make something, like if you're going to build a house with your wife, you should know how much the damn thing is going to cost. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh I think you're right in terms of like <laughs> uh the like just talking about like the things that Trump says and their relation to truth could be a whole other 3 hour podcast but um sure yeah saying that mexico is going to pay for the wall that was definitely like <laughs> that was like an overpromise thing that was to like get people hyped up and on his side but um i think there's definitely some truth to the to the idea that you could uh like they were going to take money from visas that Mexicans would pay. It wouldn't just be like, yo, Mexico hand over the money. It would be like, all right, every time a Mexican gets a visa to the United States, a portion of that's going to go to pay for our wall. And then like over the next 20, 30 years or something like that, then it would get paid for, um, plus tariffs, plus all these other things. So that's the idea as far as the actual cost of the wall. So, like you said, something like five billion, that was like for a portion. Truly, I I'm kind of looking things up as we talk right now. But really, to build a wall that would really not cover the entire border, but really do the job that, you know, sort of when you imagine what it would look like, twenty five billion, it would be twenty five billion dollars. Yeah, I see
0: <laughs> realistic estimates between twenty five and fifty billion. That's what I, I was reading. I mean, I've read multiple sources. It's all estimations. I mean, I'm sure people have their own way of estimating this. But, yeah, between 25 and $50 billion, um, So, it's a, So that's an ass load of money. Well, that's not that's like what I
1: was, I was just about to say. That sounds like a lot of money to you, right? But, however, did you know that in uh, 2016, the United States sent $38 billion in military aid to Israel? Did you know that? I did not know that. So you didn't know that that money is yours and it's gone already. So that's more <laughs> that's more than the lowball. That's kind of the average right between 25 and 50.
0: Well, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos is worth like 150, Bill. He could just pay for it himself.
1: Yeah, um, just drop it down, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it back in like a couple years. Um, I
0: think his wife's getting half his money, by the way. I think that's really funny.
1: So, yeah, isn't that funny that the richest woman in the world will become <laughs> rich just by divorcing her rich husband? <laughs> it's kind of a, uh, I don't know, it's interesting uh, to me. <laughs> Oh,
0: that's another topic. Uh,
1: <laughs> anyway, like, 38 billion is a lot of money, but in government money, in terms of a government that spends a trillion dollars a year, it's actually not really that much money. It's no, actually- I didn't
0: think about that. I know we spend a fuck ton on our military if we just made like slight cutbacks for like a year
1: or two we this could was probably even for our military this was for israel's military this right is just, right right no yeah. i'm
0: with you but i was just thinking about how much we spend on our own military like if we just you know if we just thought about that as well uh yeah, yeah i guess that's that's not a ton i mean don't we owe china like trillions anyway like we could just borrow money from China. Like there, there's ways to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I like right now we're just kind of banking. Like we have, what's our debt at 21, 22 trillion dollars. I mean, we're just bet, We're just banking on the fact that we are like such an enormous part of the world's economy that if we go down, everyone goes down. And that's really true. Um, and the thing is, if we go down also, then China takes control. They're definitely number two. Russia's number three by a distant mile, mileage. Like Russia's economy, people think Russia's like a huge player, and in some sense they are. But their econ- economy-wise, they have the economy of Texas. Texas mm-hmm. has the same GDP as as Russia. Yeah. Like, let's see, let's see, world GDP pie chart. World GDP pie chart. Um, so, yeah, the United States GDP, gross domestic product, is 24.3% of what the world produces. We produce 243 of everything in the world. Um, China, 14.8, 14.9. So, they're 10 percentage points behind us. And then runner up, you know what? Russia's not even third. I was completely wrong. Japan, five point nine. Germany, four point five. Russia's one point eight of the world's. Oh my god! (laughs) So they're like they're behind India. They're behind South Korea. Um, Indonesia is not far behind them. So, but anyway, you know, twenty five percent. Just think, one quarter. Of everything of all the wealth generated in the world every year comes from the United States of America. So if you just took that out of the equation, um, you know, where the, there's that's a gigantic gap to fill up. That's like a, just tons of stuff that people aren't going to get. You know, think about it in terms of 25 percent of everything in the store is just gone. Um, and then China is going to fill in that gap and and just read news out of China read about their social system you know they they have muslim concentration camps now they one of my <laughs> they experiment they have human pig hybrids did you see that Alex Jones clip oh my
0: god alex jones here we go dude this is <laughs> it's true this though this is great oh no, it's uh, it's true
1: China. Anything
0: true like, about Alex Jones need to, needs to be highly researched. I, I, I should say this too and this is it's slightly off topic, but you bring up Alex Jones, I can't not say this. But I was listening to this um, there's this great podcast called Psychology in Seattle and it's these two psychologists, at least one of them is psychologists, and they just talk about different things in the world. And they were talking about conspiracy theories. And they were saying one of the attractions to conspiracy theories, like people like Alex Jones, is that there's a certain amount of ego involved. And the idea is that they say, okay, if I believe this, like Flat Earth, for example, if I believe Flat Earth and the majority of people don't, it means I have more knowledge about this than they do. So I must be right and they must be wrong. And that's, I started applying that to Alex Jones and it's like, Alex Jones, he just thinks he knows everything about everything. And, and he doesn't leave a lot of room. Have you ever seen Alex Jones be challenged on something and, and consider another way of thinking, the problem with Alex Jones is that he always thinks he's right about everything in every in every avenue. He's not flexible and and that's what makes me when when you bring up Alex Jones, I'm like, uh I don't know anybody that thinks to write about everything all the time makes me want to question them you know i don't I, I wouldn't con- consider Alex Jones enlightened by any stretch of the imagination.
1: yeah, fair enough, <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> I'm really not into him. I like watching like clips of him because he's just so entertaining. He's just <laughs> right. a lunatic. But the crazy thing is, is that like actually, I would say, I've never seen anything that he says that doesn't have like a shred of truth to it. So here's a good example. I just sent you a link from Express. Co. Uk, which is in, which is a British newspaper. And there's also – this doesn't involve China in it, but here's a link from National Geographic about the experimentation scientists are doing with human-pig hybrids. So Alex Jones just goes off on a rant like, they're making human-pig hybrids in China. And um, there's a note of truth to it. They are. um, You know, this is National Geographic. This is not a conspiracy site. And uh, it is happening in China. Scientists in China – are extremely close to being able to controversially grow human organs in pigs so they can be transplanted to ill patients. So it's not like they're making pig men <laughs> to, like, work in their fields or whatever. They're trying to grow human organs. Like, you remember that, like, they grew a human ear on a rat or whatever? Yeah, 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 So yeah. it's that kind of a thing. Um, But anyway, the whole point was just do ten minutes of research on china's human rights abuses i mean they have apple has sweatshops samsung has sweatshops in china china uses north korea for basically like slave labor you don't want you know i have problems with the united states i have plenty of problems with the united states could go on for a whole podcast about that but you don't want china taking their place i'm sorry i love chinese people i love my chinese students um, they have a special place in my heart. Nothing about them at all. But the government, the Chinese Communist Party, they're they're crazy and
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's shreds
1: of evidence for this
0: stuff, but I don't know. Alex Jones Alex Jones selling male vitality
1: formulas is is
0: insane. And the Sandy Hooks shooting was staged like it's it wasn't, you know, it's interesting to think about, but it definitely he apologized. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know. I think he apologized for that one thing, but that's because I think he got <laughs> banned from YouTube. He just wants to be back on YouTube. Um, and then he talks about Bill Gates, like all of his work in philanthropy is part of like a mass eugenics effort. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, yeah, what else did El City say, John, about like fluoride and drinking water? It's like making oh. people stupid. And he's th- oh, the thing about. I know too much about Alex Jones, turning frogs gay, or the government's turning people and frogs gay or something. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like,
1: okay. That's the thing is that there's, like, a shred of truth. So, <laughs> I mean, okay. Oh, God. Let's see, right. ScienceDaily.com. I mean, here we're really, like, now we Here we are. Here up. we are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Berkeley... Okay, here. This is from berkeley.edu. Pesticide atrazine can turn male frogs into females. Uh, Yeah. I'm not going to read. I just read the first sentence. Atrazine, one of the world's most widely used pesticides, wreaks havoc on the sex lives of adult male frogs, emasculating three-quarters of them and turning one in ten into females according to a new study by the University of California, Berkeley, biologists. So when that goes through the filter of Alex Jones, it turns into, they're turning the freaking frogs, okay? That's just how it turns out, man.
0: That's what I mean is like, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. In some instances, there are shreds of, but what you said is key, shreds. You know, yeah. he blows it up, and he wants to be right about everything. And, well, and I think a lot of it is yeah. – uh, it's staged. It's like he's like a performer. Um, yeah. But, you know, like the government has – what is it? Weapons uh, – weather weapons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hard. Oh God. I don't know. I researched the fuck out of Alex Jones. Like I had watched him loosely um, just because I've seen him on some different media formats. But when he got kicked off YouTube – I was like, let me look into this stuff. And, like, he, a lot of his, I don't think they should have censored him, by the way. I oh, think yeah. YouTube is like a, a freedom of, I think that's a freedom of speech matter. I think people should be able to say whatever they want. Uh, yeah. But I, I, uh, I don't agree with that. But I, I do think a lot of this stuff is stupid.
1: I, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, like um, I said, like, I used to watch, like, his full shows every now and then. And, um, it's not a good place to get your news. I mean, like, it's really like him freeform going for three hours, and then he ties one thing into Whoa. another. other. But it's yeah, just entertaining. That's, that's what really I'm much. saying. Yeah.
0: He's, he's,
1: he's crazy. All right. Um, so
0: we can agree Alex Jones is crazy. All right. So um, I've just got one more thing I think we should talk about. Um, yeah. i got to run. I have a barbecue i got to get to, actually. Well, it's, it's definitely like an hour.
1: time to wrap this up. Uh,
0: Yeah, definitely. But uh, okay, so quickly, we went over like um, caravans. We've talked about immigration. We've talked about legalization of immigrants, everything. How about pros and cons of the wall? Um, Like, for example, some pros for me is like stopping drugs, um, possible terrorism, um, also money for Americans. You know, people coming over here taking Americans jobs, I think, is really uh, not good. American Lives. Um, you know, murder and rape and all that is definitely, definitely um, bad. But what about, like, cons? We haven't talked about, the, like, the other side of the coin. What are some reasons not to have a wall, um, or at least partially? Do you think there are any cons to it?
1: Well, I'm just going to go off the top of my head real quick. I mean, the cost, I guess, is significant. But, again, it's really, like, not that much in terms of government money. Um I like our our friend Rob pointed out that it can be just as much keeping us in as keeping them out. Although like right now come on being in America is not that bad. In fact, everyone want wants to get in. Um I think pro like cons, you know, are we going to have like people imagine a Berlin Wall which is definitely the first time I heard it like back in the Bush presidency, George W. Talked about making a wall, at least a little bit, and I thought, like, well, the Berlin Wall, come on, that was like a humanitarian nightmare, but, like, that was different, they had snipers on the walls shooting anyone who came close at all, it's not going to be like that, the whole point of the wall is, like, you just don't bother, like, you can't climb over it, it's too tall, Um, cons, honestly, to be 100% honest, I don't think there's tons of cons to the wall, I think yeah people talk about it. They talk about those three things: the cost, the, the just sort of the psychological um, terror of having like a like an unwelcoming border, and um, also they say like this is the worst argument. So you know I'm giving you a bad answer to your question here because I can't think of really um, truly bad cons. But you know people say that we need immigrants in this country especially illegal immigrants to do the jobs that americans won't do that's the most elitist and and racist as a matter of fact reason because those people illegal immigrants they don't get workplace protection they don't get a minimum wage you know necessarily they get no legal protections they're not quite slaves, but they're, you know, below what workers in America are supposed to be. I heard someone on the other day, I don't know who it was, some elitist on CNN, I think, saying, um, you know, this actually is good. You know, they'll do all the menial tasks, the root physical labor. And that means we can all choose, um, you know, to do our own specialized activities. We can be artists and we can be. Uh, architects and we can be musicians and it's like so you're describing serfdom basically you're you're describing like a middle-aged version of uh the brown people work in the fields while the white people get to um read books and like this is actually the most racist (laughs) argument that you could possibly make so i mean it's a good question and like it would be cool to have someone on here um who is anti-wall and has some good reasons for being so. Um, But I, I, from what I hear and, you know, I think if you do your research, you'll find the three most common reasons are sort of, it's psychologically unethical. It's, it's uninviting is what I mean. Um, It's based off of hate. Um, It's a hateful thing. It's a xenophobic thing and it's expensive And it also won't work. That's probably actually the biggest con is that um, there are I think it's like 46 percent of illegal immigrants who come into the United States um, overstay their visa. So they do come in legally. They just wait till the visa expires and then they don't bother to renew it. So um, that's not people sometimes say that a majority of illegal immigrants get in here legally, uh, excuse me, legally. That's not true, but it is a significant number. It's like around forty six percent. Um so that's probably the biggest con of the wall is that we actually need to address um another huge issue, which is making sure people obey our visa laws.
0: Yeah, yeah, those those are huge. I'm I'm with you. Actually, I was just researching um cons as well, because I can't really think of any. I I guess I didn't really say my view on the wall either is um I don't necessarily think Trump's plan is the right one. I think we're in 2019 right now and I think a form of a wall would be cool. Like I I was telling Maddie, my girlfriend about this. What if we just took like thousands of drones, right? They could just fly the border that were like heat seeking or, you know, they could detect movement and just floated on that borderline. And as soon as someone started crossing the line, you know, they fly up to that person and uh, connected to that drone is, you know, a United States border security officer somewhere close by that says, hey, we see you on camera. We have your picture. We have your photograph. If you cross any further, um, we will meet you, you know, at your position. But, you know, like give them a warning. You could do it in Spanish too, whatever. But I think that is a form of a wall where people would not want to come if they knew there was like a thousand drones floating at the wall, you know, at the ready or, you you know, there's motion detecting sensors. You could just set up like poles on the wall that have motion detectors that just detect any movement. And as soon as something moves, you know, we send a Jeep down there with a few officers. So that's, in my opinion, I think we need a form of a wall. I don't know about building a steel structure, you know? I mean, it just, it just seems scary to me. It's, the idea of having a wall between us and them sounds a little scary, but to me it's a little less frightening if we say, hey, like, our walls are open. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the cons that I was just reading was wildlife. And one of these uh, conservatists was saying one of the problems with the wall is you're basically cutting our ecosystem in half. You're just cutting it. So, you know, you're not allowing for any range of, of you know, movement from any of the wildlife. And so if we could preserve that somehow, I think that would be cool. But cons, uh, I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I think a wall is important. Um, it's definitely important. But how we make the wall And what we make it out of, that's something I haven't really stumbled upon. Um, And the other claim was that immigration just won't end. That people say, even if we have a wall, it's not going to end anyway. People will still build ladders, people will still have tunnels. But that's like saying, even if we don't check people, we should stop checking people at the airport because people will just get in anyway. Like, it's stupid. It's like, you know, like just saying people will find a way anyway, then why do we have any form of security?
1: Yeah, why why should we make, you know, people are going to drive drunk. Why should we, like, then let's just make drunk driving legal. Yeah, that's perfect. It's really lazy reasoning. I mean, you know, I don't think these people are experts on building barriers. You know, you can, I've seen pictures of models of the walls where they have um, segments of the wall going deep underground, you know, maybe not a mile, but, um 30 40 feet underground so that you know it's not just an above ground wall but it's a below ground wall essentially too uh-huh. um as far as the drone thing um like i said i'm not an expert in whatever would be most effective as i'm down with the kind of immediate thought i have to that particular idea and i know you're not saying that that's like for sure the best idea is just that drones are expensive you know um and drones need maintenance it's something that you're going to completely like you don't have to routinely often repair drones as they fly around whereas a wall pretty simple you build it needs a lot less maintenance than drones and a lot less people to man it you know drones need pilots and then you need the people on the ground to go to where the drones say they're going so I don't mean to try and pick apart everything you're saying. I'm just saying in that particular example, sort of the idea, the the pro of the wall is that it's basic, it's simple. You know, once it's built, it's built, and then generations for. I mean, look at the Great Wall of China. Um, you know, it's they built it back uh, when did they build it? Like a thousand something years ago. It's still it's still standing there. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Well, but, but, they, but again, yeah. Whatever, Best is best, you know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So, and I really it'd probably be a mixture of things. Probably be a mixture of fences, mixture of drones, mixture of different things. Whatever is best, I'm for. I just think we need more.
0: Yeah, I I don't know what's best either. And I th- to me the the drone thing, and I love when people play devil's advocate. advocate. I think you're right in that. Uh, I don't think that's a perfect idea. I just um. I think if you look at everything, like if you look at what it would be doing to nature and what it would be looking like cost wise, I don't know what's perfect either. What's yeah. right. The Great Wall of China, I mean, that's that was made out of like stone, you know, like that's like a rock solid, huge, thick foundation built on like a mountainside. Um whereas this is I think it's pretty flat terrain and uh, we're putting like a steel, I don't know if you've seen pictures. It looks like their ideas. It's like kind of the see-through steel structure.
1: It's like, yeah, it's like a chain fence basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't They keep calling it a wall, but I think fence is actually more appropriate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for it too. And I, the cons is difficult. I'd have to like, we're not, we're not professionals, So I don't think we know really what it would do to the like economic or sorry, not economic, but like the, um, ecosystem. Um, I don't know what it would do to that, and I don't know how important that really is. But that was the only real like point that I saw that I was like, "Hey, I never really thought of that."
1: Yeah. Um, no, I didn't so, ever think of the ec- economic, so. the ecosystem sort of thing of this too. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to bring up just a, like a few quick things because I really need to get to sleep here. Yeah, but, <laughs> me too. Uh, I gotta get going. But real quick, um I just wanted to mention the title of this article. From Huffington Post, 80% of women, girls are raped crossing into the United States. I think that's something a lot of people, especially people who are against the wall, don't think about ever. 80%. Again, yeah. like 11, we think there's 11 million illegal immigrants to the United States. Half of those come through the border. Let's just make it uh, 5 million to be easy. So 80% to 5 million, that's around 4 million women. And girls who are who have been raped to get into this country. That's that's more than one c- city of Chicago full of women who went through that. So, you know, that doesn't have that's, to happen. I no, I, I um, didn't know
0: that. That's a yeah. high statistic. Yeah,
1: huge thing. People don't think about a lot. Um, also, recent events in terms of immigration. Uh, NPR.org Trump outlines merit-based immigration plans still far from becoming law. So we touched on like an hour ago, like the idea of letting everyone in the country. Uh, this is the idea of, you know, uh, vetting people, as you said before, you don't like that word, but sort of saying, you know, if we're going to have immigration, let's let in the best people that we possibly can. Um, Democrats are pushing against this really harshly. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, leader of the Democratic Party de facto, said, "You know, merits an ugly word. You know, should we? You know, just because someone doesn't have an engineering degree, does that mean we shouldn't let them in the country?" So that discussion is going on um, right now. Also, this is interesting. FoxNews.com: ICE to hire a contractor to transport 225,000 migrants to shelters across the U.S. Um, so they're just trying to figure out where to put people. Like I said before, we don't have enough beds. We don't have enough facilities to Mm -hmm. keep all these people just waiting to be processed. So, um, they're working on ways to just figure out places to put these people right now. So, yep. Those are just kind of the latest developments going on with this topic. Wanted to mention. That is,
0: yeah, the, the rape statistic really, for me, was, is pretty hard to hear. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, Okay, John, quick, because I'm gonna run. I'm gonna go to a barbecue, and you're gonna get some. You're gonna catch some Z's. You had a, a hard day with the BJJ. Yep. Um, but let's let's really quickly, let's play this really quick. So let's pretend you're a Mexican and you want to get into America, okay? And I'm gonna give you a sample civics practice test, okay? Uh, this is from the USCIS.gov uh, website. Okay, you ready? I'm gonna ask you a question. You ready? All
1: right. So let's okay, do it.
0: Okay. So. We elect a U.S. representative for how many years, A, 2, B, 6,
1: C, 8, or D, 4 years? I think it's 2. I mean, representative could technically be a president, but when you say representative, they're probably talking about the House of Representatives, which is 2 you years. You are correct. You got it. It says we elect the
0: U.S. representative for 2 years. Representatives can run for office as many times as they want. Their job is to represent the people who live in their district and house of representatives. I'm going to ask you one more. This will be it, okay?
1: Uh, okay? Ask me a lot if you want, but if you got to go, um, it's cool.
0: I, I do. Uh, this will be the last one. If you get this one right, then um, I, will, uh, chew, I won't I will chew ice on the next podcast, okay? Okay. Uh, question number two on the civics. There's 20, by the way. You can go on, for anyone else listening, if you want to take one of these practice tests, you can go on my.uscis.gov, and you can take this practice test. Number two, this is for John. What is the name of the Speaker of the House of Representatives now? Is it A, Donald Trump, B, Mike Pence, C, Chuck Schumer, or D, Nancy Pelosi?
1: Uh, Nancy Pelosi. You are correct. The Speaker All of the right. House of
0: Representatives is the leader of the House of Representatives. He or she speaks from the majority of the party, and it gives you a whole lot more information on
1: there. So nice. that
0: is amazing. John, I'm going to say you can be a naturalized citizen of the United States. How do you
1: feel? <laughs> uh, I want to take the whole test next time. Next time, let's make me do the whole thing. Yeah, let's do that. Maybe when it gets like closer to the election,
0: we can uh, we can both take it and see and see how we do. See if we well, can. are not um, allowed to
1: vote if we don't pass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yes. I, I don't know if I would pass. Actually, while we were talking, I I got two of the questions wrong. Uh, and I stopped <laughs> doing it. So uh, anyway, John, I love you as always. Um, keep looking things up. Uh, yeah. and I'll do the same thing. Um, Look it up, bro. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good Good job on your jiu-jitsu. And um, yeah, uh, screw uh, the KKK.
1: Screw them, you know. They suck. It's into the wall. All right, bro.
0: <laughs> all right, John. I'll talk to you
1: next time. Love you, man. Take it easy. Right.
0: Love you, too. Later, bro. Peace. You have just been listening to Look It Up with John Tristan and Will Lingston a weekly podcast written and produced by John Tristan and Will Langston in association with The Nimble Navigator. You can like, subscribe, and rate Look It Up on iTunes or SoundCloud. And remember, if you want to know the secrets of the world, look it up.